0: I'll be very different.
1: You're watching My Fellow Americans with your host Spike Cohen. Welcome to the show everyone. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Welcome to Welcome I to cut this one. A bit long. Welcome Thank you so much for joining. Welcome to my fellow Americans. I am literally Spike Cohen. Uh, if you're watching this, please uh, share so that we can get as many people watching with us as, as possible. Uh, comment uh, on the live video with any questions that you have or any opinions, and I'll tell you if you're right or wrong. Or even just to say hi. Uh, if you are watching this later on YouTube, please subscribe and then hit the bell. I'm not sure what the bell is, but we're told that if you don't hit the bell, then it doesn't count. So please hit the bell. If you see a bell, hit it. Uh, if you're, on, if you're watching, listening to this on SoundCloud... Press the follow button. Uh, be sure to go to Twitter and follow us, uh, Muddied Waters of Freedom, on Twitter. Uh, go on Instagram. Slide all up in our DMs or whatever the kids do on Instagram. Uh, just anywhere you can find Muddy Waters Media. Search it out and, uh, and hang out with us. Uh, again, I'd like to thank Muddied Waters Media for giving me this opportunity to be in front of you and talk uh, from the comfort of my anarcho chair. Uh, I'd like to thank Kroger for the delicious Kroger-flavored water that I drink on this and every episode of My Fellow Americans. Oh, that's delicious Kroger water. The music, both the intro and outro music that I use for uh, this and so far anyway, every episode of My Fellow Americans, is by my great friend Joe Davi. Find him on, uh, that's J-O-D-A-V-I. Find him on Facebook. Find him on SoundCloud. Go to the band camp. Buy everything that he has. It's like 99 cents a song. It's like six bucks to buy everything just just buy it all. You'll love it. You'll, you'll thank me later. Uh, shout out to Tehran Turks' mom and him. Um, I'm very excited about my guest tonight. My guest tonight is one of the busiest libertarians I know. Uh, she is the—I'm going to read all this off. She is the Deputy Director of Messaging for the Larry Sharp for Senate campaign in New York. She is the Social Media Coordinator for Robin Kerner, who's the creator of the Weapons of Mass Persuasion program. She is a consultant for the Tarmy Clark for City County Council campaign in Indiana— She is the political facilitator of the Libertarian State Leadership Alliance. In her free time, which she apparently has, she is one of the most talented artists I've ever witnessed. And she's also like the owner of like 52 iguanas. So ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, uh, please welcome to the show, Risa Willis. Risa, thank you so much for joining.
3: Hi, Spike. Thanks for having me on.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm great. I'm very happy to have you on. It seems like you've got plenty going on so I I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show
3: no problem man um
2: you inspire me with your both your passion for the liberty movement and and frankly just for your ability to multitask I I I brought you on under the auspices that we were going to talk about politics but honestly I'm hoping to just glean from you a little bit about how I can improve my time management skills because I I don't do half the things you do in a 24-hour period (laughs) so um I am, uh, uh, I think, as you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm not sure if you want to call it anarchist, voluntarist, anarcho capitalist whatever. Um, I'm somewhat agnostic as to whether electoral politics is even worth it sometimes. But folks like you really give me some hope that there might actually be possibility that we can have an uh, at, least, at least an electoral component to being more free tomorrow or next month or next year than than we are now. So I, I, I applaud your efforts on what you're doing. Thank you. Um. Now, you're more of sort of a, I guess, a minarchist?
3: I am a minarchist, yes. Okay. Boo, hiss. I can, <laughs> I can
2: hear it already. <laughs> no, 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 no. This show is actually, in fact, Matt, the other person on Muddy Waters Media, is also a, a minarchist. So we are very, this is a minarchist-friendly program. Awesome. Um, most of my guests, I believe, have been uh, minarchists or people that have reluctantly been dragged by me into into Kapistan. so... Uh, so you know we're we're definitely friendly to that. My my feeling with that is that um, we both want less than there is now, and mm-hmm. uh, if minarchism is possible, that's we have to take that step. Uh, and if we if we get there and realize that's not possible, we're that much closer to what I want anyway. Uh, so either way, I'm I'm fine with. So I, I'm I'm definitely I'm definitely a minarchist ally. I will call it that. Um, See, that's a
3: great way to look at it. And I I, that's what I tell people all the time. You know, it's incrementalism is is good sometimes, you know, sometimes we can't make that that jump. That's it. That's a big jump to make. Um, So less government's the goal. That's, you know, we got to get there somehow. Right.
2: Exactly. Our disagreement is degrees of less government. Like, you know, it's true. how much, you know, is it is it 95 percent or, you know, 99.99999 percent? So, uh, no, I'm fine with that. Um, one of the things I ask my guests is is sort of like what brought them here politically. Uh, what would you say brought you to libertarianism? Was it kind of a gradual evolution or did you have a sudden aha moment or how did you get there?
3: Well, um, that's a great question. I've been um, apolitical my entire life. Actually, when I was in high school, I was involved in everything. Um I was president of this, vice president, secretary, you name it. I was involved with everything. And a lot of my friends said she's going to be a congresswoman or a senator someday. They swore I was going to go into politics. But um, as soon as I got to the real world, I realized I wanted nothing to do with that. So I abstained from the whole process. I abstained from voting uh, for most of my life until about. Three years ago, I guess, mm-hmm. and so, somebody threw me into Austin Peterson's group, and I—I uh, I didn't know what to think of that. Uh, I—I'd never been invo- involved in politics, and I knew that there was a Democrat and there was a Republican party, and that's all I knew. Right, um, right. I was—I wanted no part in either one of those parties. You could call me an independent at that point, um, even though I wasn't involved politically at all. But after sitting in that group for a few months and sizing it up, I realized that this was a serious thing. Um, There was another party that I'd never heard of. And it just it it gradually grew on me. And I was sitting back and reading people's posts and looking at their ideas. And those things were resonating with me. And I thought, Oh, my God, I found my home. Uh, So I took one of those silly little tests and <laughs> you know, and it's a lot of us compass, come into yeah. it that way, the political compass or whatever <laughs> it was. Right. Um, And I see a lot of people come into it that way and they realize, Hey, this is me. And that's kind of what it was for me. It was an aha moment. And um, I said, you know what, this is, this is what I believe this is well aligned to my worldview. And I had been thinking that way all my adult life. I just didn't realize that there was a, place for me, per se, until I got thrown into this group. Um, so that that leads me, that fast forwards me to um, something that I'm passionate about, and that's messaging. Um, I found that messaging is kind of my niche in the party. Um, when I see somebody with a good message and they know how to articulate it well, those are the people that I tend to attach to. And that is why, um, as much as Austin Peterson gets flack, for jumping parties, I still credit him for getting me into this party. He he's a good messenger. He knows how to articulate the ideas of liberty, and that resonated with me. And he's the one who really got me hooked on these ideas. So after I got involved with Austin and I helped him uh, with his twenty sixteen run for president. I was really roped in then, and this 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 all happened very quickly. I think I got thrown into his group in December of 2015, and then I went to convention. I believe it was May 2016, and then I was all in from there. So oh, six wow. months, and it was just a downslide. It was going from apolitical to, I'm all into this. I love this. This this is my home. So after the 2016 convention, uh, I found Adam Kokesh. And uh, say what you will about Adam, but his messaging is on point. Um, his book is wonderful. The speeches he gives are—they—they—they they, they really touch nerve with people. The—the right, right. right. the way he—the way he articulates his message, the regular person can understand it. Um, it's not above their heads. So I helped Adam with his tour for a while, oh, and, okay. I didn't and know
2: that.
3: yeah, I was his national uh, coordinator. So I set up all his tour stops and his speakers in every state that he was going to. I believe this was fall of 2016. So right after I hopped off of helping Austin with his campaign, uh, and I didn't do much for him, but I, I helped spread the word for him. But right. after Austin's campaign, I helped out Adam Kokesh and went full bore, bore on that uh, because I, I really liked his message. Uh, after Adam, I had kind of already found Larry and there's Larry behind my shoulder, um, but Larry is who I supported in 2016 for VP. Uh, and something about him, right off the bat, even even before I really got close to Austin, I Larry Larry was really the person who caught my eye. I saw his video about um, his upbringing. And how genuine he was and how heartfelt he was and how much of a real person Larry was. And that's the reason I supported him in 2016 for his VP run. Um, So after I was done with Adam, I got interested in what Larry was doing and I jumped onto his campaign last year uh, when he declared in 2017 for his governor run. And I just said, Hey, put me in coach. Where can I help out? Um, and I owe a lot to larry uh, i'm gonna I'm gonna back up a little on this story uh there's there's a special reason that I'm very dedicated to Larry okay. and it's not just because he's a wonderful person which we all know he is right. and he's one of our best mes- messengers in the movement hands down. I don't think many people would disagree with me on that but for me personally um, he he really went above and beyond. Uh, some people who knew, who have known me for a while know that I had um, I had a teaching job. I was in K-12. I've been right. in K-12 for 15, 15 years at that point. And I was teaching in a middle school. All girls uh, helped build that school from the ground up. It was quite uh, quite a labor of love yeah i i really enjoyed what i did working with all those girls and i was teaching science stem um science technology engineering math or my passion's in life so wow. uh great job great job but somebody in the party um blasted my past on facebook i i had i I'm, I'm not shy about talking about this because it's part of who I am. Um, but when I was in early college, I was about 20 years old. I was married to an abusive man who got me into adult videos. Right, yeah. uh, not 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 something that I wanted in my life because I wanted to be a teacher. And of course, those two things don't gel, but it was a rough relationship and I didn't really have a choice in the matter. So he yeah. thrust me into that world and I was part of that world for a little over a year Um, and I went about 15, 16 years in my career without any of that surfacing. Now, I always kind of had that monkey hanging over my back. Right. Cause you um,
2: don't, yeah. You you sort of want to not have people know that. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, but as, as time went on and I got successful in my teaching career, it just, that feeling faded for me and I got more confident that it was a thing in the past and it wouldn't resurface because at that point at 15 years, I mean, if it hadn't come up, come up since then, probably wouldn't, right?
2: Right. You think? Yeah, you'd think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Um, so somebody called in an anonymous tip to my school district in the spring of, I believe it was 2016. They called me in. They said, "Hey, we we found out about this. No big deal. You can keep teaching." Um, As long as it doesn't go public and it doesn't go on any public forums, you're fine. So they knew about it. And I I signed a contract with them that said, if it did go public, I had to let them know. Mm. And I was signature bound to do that. And a libertarian blasted my past on Facebook because I had made a post that I called the cops on a drunk driver. A drunk
2: driver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I, Which is the worst possible thing you can do, of course. is to- Of course, of course.
3: Right. So that that made me an instant statist and not a libertarian. So right. they dug into my past. This person blasted in on uh, Facebook. And I had to go to my school board and say, hey, this is out here on social media. And they said, you have two choices. Resign or we're going to fire you. So I refused to resign. I had just gotten the biggest honor in the district two months prior. Um, right. Distinguished teacher, which only two percent in the district got, so it, it was a pretty big deal. And I said, I'm, I'm not going to resign. I haven't done anything wrong.
4: Right, right, right.
3: Um, so I eventually got fired. And back to Larry. This is where this all leading up to. Mm-hmm. Larry called me up uh, in January, and that was the month that the fi- the firing um, was official. And he, I think, Larry noticed that I I had made some posts about. Being depressed, I was as very depressed over this instant, incident. Oh, I, can I can imagine. It, it rocked my world. I mean, that was my career of 15 years, and I just didn't know what to do with myself. Um, so Larry noticed that I was having an issue moving forward because I couldn't go back into K-12. This was all over the news. It was national. It was international. I had Mexico, Britain, Canada, um, Venezuela. All these countries were publishing this story. Right um reporters were all over it, it was crazy it well, blew one of up
2: sensational news things right yeah.
3: yeah it blew up so bad that my name was trending on facebook um so there was no way i was going back into k-12 because even now if you google my name it's all over the place right. it's still there two years later yeah. so i kissed my career goodbye at that point and larry called me up and he said hey um let's talk about your career and he spent hours with me over the the next couple of weeks asking me about my passions my talents um, my desires for the future and taking inventory of those things and coaching me to carve out a new path and we talked about things like um, political consulting uh, because i was very um, passionate about the libertarian party and helping people out and whatnot and then we mentioned my art and I said, that's, you know, that's something I really want to pursue. I hadn't touched it in 20 years. I kind of gave up on it. And Larry said, let's do this. I'll teach you how to start a business. And he coached me through all of the steps and starting a business and branding myself and marketing myself. And it's, it's because of Larry that I have this business today and it's because of Larry that I get to work from home all week long and do art and make money. And pay the bills that way.
2: So, see, I had no idea about that.
3: Mm-hmm. So, Larry, Larry was my saving grace. I I stayed in bed for months after I got fired because I was that depressed. Oh, and I he can was, yeah,
4: yeah. he was
3: the one who helped lift me out of that funk, and I am forever indebted to him for that so i've been working on his campaign since last year when he declared um, i was helping with the social media for a while and then i got promoted to deputy director of messaging which means i'm in charge of all the social media i manage the team and um, i have a wonderful team under me we've just hit 1.6 million in reach on facebook posts the twitter page is amazing it's mon- run by missy moody richmond she's such an asset to the team and i've got carrie uh carrie under me in facebook so we're really rocking and rolling we have the most successful social media campaign out of any libertarian in the country right now so
2: yeah i had um, read that that you're you're i mean forget being the fact that he's one of the most prominent libertarians in in, <laughs> in memory i mean he, he, your your campaign's doing so well that he's not just actually reaching a point where he has a shot at, 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 winning the election, but he's, he's raising the profile of the libertarian party across the whole country in a, in a positive way. It, it gets mm-hmm. raised often, but not always in the, in the positive way. I mm-hmm. um, I'd actually seen that you're doing such a great job. I guess one of your major party competitors seems to have sort of copied your strategy, lock, stock and barrel. And, and as frustrating as I can imagine that can be, it's also a testament to how powerful you've been in a, a campaign that, you know, you, you think of this campaign that has a massive war chest and, you know, the state election apparatus is on its side to try to keep out any anyone but the two major parties. And yet they're mm-hmm. still having to resort to copying what you guys are doing because you're doing such a good job. That's a testament to what you've done, obviously.
3: Yeah. And that's a That's a good perspective. I didn't have that perspective. I think this, <laughs> this just hit yesterday or the day right, before. Right, I, didn't, right. I didn't have that perspective at first. Um well I, I really hadn't visited Mark. It's Mark Molinaro. He's the Republican um, running for governor in New mm. York. And he's the sacrificial lamb because Republicans just can't win there. It's blue states. Right. So Larry's got a better chance. But, he's um, taking
2: votes from Larry. if only Larry could win if only the Republican wasn't taking his votes is what I'm told.
3: Yeah, exactly. But people are still voting establishment because right. it's an, it's a big R. And that's, that's the fight we're fighting up there. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I I, I knew that Molinero's social media was was crap and I didn't go visit it just because I, I, I had done that a couple of times in the past. And it was abysmal. So I just left alone and somebody alerted me to something yesterday. And she, Lauren McKinnon, who was on the campaign for a long time, and she said, um you know what are the stats comparing Larry and Molinero? So I went to look, and there was a huge spike in Molinero's stats, which um, really shocked me. So I went to his page, and it was it was like a carbon copy of everything that we're doing for Larry's social media. And I was I was livid. I was livid. I was in the campaign chat, just cursing and oh, getting I can upset. Ima- I can't
2: even imagine. Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> and I I don't I, they I don't think they've ever seen me mad in that campaign chat ever. But I was just going off yesterday about it. And um, he's Molinero has been on our page. He has commented on our page. He's engaged with us. So we've we kind of baited him into doing that. And it's worked. He's oh, yeah, he's easily triggered. Um, So we we were taunting him on his social media presence and saying, hey, you want some tips? Do you like what you see here? And I (laughs) guess that he stepped up his game and ripped off everything we had. So yes, imitation is the best form of flattery, but I'm still pissed off
2: about it. Oh, I can't. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you're, you know, I I can look at this as a somewhat uninterested third party and say, wow, that just shows how great you're doing. But I can only imagine how frustrating that must be on your side. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I I can't. I can't. uh, I can't even imagine what that, um, uh, you're also the, uh, social, actually, let's talk a little bit more about, about Larry. Um, sure. there's a, I mean, you guys are doing well enough that there's really a good chance that Larry can win this. And I mean, in libertarian mm-hmm. party politics past the, I guess, County level, it's often just talking about growing the, you know, the brand and messaging, but this is actually like, he could, he could possibly, <laughs> he could actually win. Um, which is, you know, you would think that's the point of, of uh, of, 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 of electoral politics, but, you know, what, you know, share with me a little bit about what Larry's vision is as, you know, if you were elected governor of New York, what, what, what the problems he sees and what he'd like to change.
3: Well, the, probably the biggest thing in New York right now is the obvious, the taxes, the regulations, the burdens on small businesses. And that's, that's been a lot of the frustration in New York is that people are moving away from New York In record numbers, because they just they can't make it there. These people who start the small big businesses, they're taxed to death, they're regulated to death, they can't thrive. So they leave the state. So one of Larry's big pushes is to empower small businesses. He's been touring the entire state, visiting these small businesses, talking to them, getting their points of view, and a, a big bulk of his platform is running on um, cutting those regulations, lowering those taxes, things that stifle innovation there, right. um, and bringing new alternatives to things like the MTA. The MTA is crumbling in New York. Um, infrastructure is crumbling in New York. And obviously all the taxes that they're collecting in New New York, they're not doing anything. No.
4: Um,
3: if, it's just getting worse and worse. So people are being overtaxed for what? Um, Crappy infrastructure, crappy um the transportation, the yeah, you know, my roads, everything, right? <laughs> so um, you know, in addition to helping small businesses thrive and keeping people in New York, um, Larry's Larry wants to innovate, you know, he wants to offer alternatives. So things like ride shares. Ride shares are getting pushed out of the city because yeah, I've
2: heard about that because it's 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 affecting the 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 taxi unions and all of that stuff, yeah. Yeah, of
3: course. It's it's affecting the monopolies there, right? Right.
2: Um,
3: so, but these are the things that people need there. They need alternatives to um, things that just aren't working. Um, so, yeah, small businesses, alternatives to existing structures there, um, big pieces of Larry's platform. He's also advocating for father's rights, which... Um, oh, wow. Yeah, a lot. Not a lot of candidates are doing
4: that. Yeah,
2: I was going to say you. I'm. I'm not sure. I know of another like actual person running for office who who even talks about that. That's very interesting.
3: And the only other person I know is doing it is um, Cash Jackson, and he's running for governor in Illinois. Hmm. Um, and the, yeah, these are the only two guys that I know that are really pushing fathers' rights and oh. how how much the court system really screws over fathers. Right. Um, so larry's getting a lot of traction on that he's passionate about that issue so those are, those are kind of his big things that he's running on there and our our big challenge uh, obviously is the name recognition getting him around the states getting people to meet him getting people to realize that he is running that's right. th- that's probably our biggest challenge he,
2: he exists in the first place right right exactly
3: exactly because once people know he exists they they love him right. i mean you know, Larry, it's, he's easy to love. Once, once you hear him talk, it's, you get hooked. So we, our campaign, um, fundraising has been mostly going to getting, getting Larry around the state. Um, now we're, we're shifting that to advertising and he's going to have some TV ads, which is a big deal. That we're really happy deal. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, we've been funneling a lot of money into our social media to uh, get the events around New York so people come out to see him. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're doing we're doing some things that haven't really been done in a big libertarian campaign outside of the presidential campaigns, obviously. Wow. Um, so Larry's got a good shot here. Uh, like I said, the Republican really doesn't have a shot. He's a sacrificial lamb. It's a blue state. Uh, Republicans don't do well. It's just a fact of the matter in New York. A uh, very very statist place.
2: Right, right, right. Yeah. See, I, I live in the Myrtle Beach, South Carolina area, and we mm-hmm. get a lot of people that move down from uh, well everywhere up north, but especially in in New York. And you know, if you talk to them, they you know besides you know weather and stuff like that, their biggest complaint is the taxes, and that you know they'll come down here and they'll say you know my property taxes are a tenth of what they were up there, mm-hmm. and we actually like the roads here are actually okay, you know like and, and you know we we there aren't potholes everywhere. And, uh, you know, they they kind of marvel at that, but yet, you know, I would imagine most of them were voting either R or D. So what mm-hmm. were you expecting that? You know, it's, you know, I, I don't actually, they say insanity is the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. I don't actually think that's true that that's actually the definition of insanity, but it sounds good. And, um, and, uh, and it definitely, I mean, it, it is insane to keep doing that and then be shocked that that's what, that's what results from it. So. That's really good that he's doing that. And you, you talked about Larry doing, uh, you know, focusing on small business. You're a testament that he actually talks the talk when it comes to small business, knowing how mm-hmm. to to start a small business. So that that's really good that he's focusing on that. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: So we've got about three months left in the campaign. We're really excited with where it's going. Uh, We're getting a lot more media appearances for Larry. Uh, He was just on Kennedy, which was a big grab for us. Thank you. Lauren Lauren McKinnon got that for us. Uh, She's a dynamo. So yeah, I'm excited to see what's coming up in the next three months. We're going to try to make it up to New York for uh, November for the election.
2: That is awesome. That is awesome. So you are also the social media coordinator for Robin Kerner, and this is someone I didn't really know up until it, really until you started sharing his stuff. I think I actually knew. I he was one of the moderators for the the debates at the convention, right?
3: Yeah, he was a moderator for the chair debate. Okay, uh, I, think, I, I don't know if he did vice chair, but chair debate. For yeah, sure. the
2: chair debate. Um, and and I only remember him because he had a, a I believe British accent. Right. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That's what he's known for. So then Mm -hmm. when you start sharing his stuff and I looked, I'm like, oh, I know that guy or I think I know Mm -hmm. that guy or there's two people in the Libertarian Party with British accents. Um, But uh, he created the weapons of mass persuasion program, which you described as a revolutionary program aimed at transforming our ability to win support for the cause of liberty. Um, I've read of a lot of pretty much anything you've shared. I've read a lot of his, uh, I guess they were blog posts that you posted where he kind of mm-hmm. talks about it. And I, I love it. But But before I get into my thoughts on it, tell us about the, I guess, the philosophy behind Weapons of Mass Persuasion.
3: So this goes back to my passion for messaging and why right. I've been in the party and everything that I've done for people in the party. I I latched onto Robin because of his message. I met him in Omaha, Nebraska at the Unconvention and got to talking to him and realized that he had a really great program. Uh, and it, it it was just different than everything out there. Uh, it, it's, it's a way to talk to people in a way – that reaches their hearts. You know, you hear hearts and ma- hearts and minds a lot as right, a motto right. for our messaging, but Robin really does that with his program and the way he talks to people. And just seeing him talk live, you can tell he's got that kind of charisma that connects to people. Right. And it's not just people in the echo chamber. This guy built up the biggest coalition from the left and the right for Ron Paul. I think it was something like 10,000 people. He was able to unite people across the aisle to come together for Ron Paul, which is huge. So this guy knows how to talk to people of all walks of life, and he knows how to talk to them in a way that doesn't turn them off. And I think that's part of our problem. A lot of people in the party, I'm I'm sorry to say it, but this is a problem that I've seen. People don't know how to talk to other people. And when they try to do it, they turn them off because they want to be intellectually superior. They're smug, they're condescending, they're snarky, and we need to stop that. I wish we could listen to Robin more, people like Robin, people like Larry, who know how to talk to other people and not turn them away because we have great ideas that's not our problem we have great ideas we have a great philosophy but the way that we transmit those ideas to other people often turns them off and we need to learn how to flip that switch and robin's great at that so his weapons of mass persuasion is a program where it teaches you how to talk to these people and there's There's psychology behind it. Robin, um, he has a physics degree. He's great at psychology. He knows how to read people. He knows how to talk to people.
4: Um,
3: So it's not just, it's not just one of those surface level programs. We have a lot of people in the movement who their shtick as speakers is telling us how to message to other people. And Mm. I think Robin has a very unique uh, way of doing that. He has a great perspective on it and it's very effective, but getting his name out there is my goal. That's why I signed on to be with him to help with the social media, because I think Robin is one of those hidden gems in the LP that not a lot of people know about. And we need to get him out there. We need to get him speaking at places. We need to get his content more uh, prominent. So that's why I'm helping him because his message is on point. His approach is amazing. uh, And I think that we, we can really benefit from more people like Robin, but He's just I, I didn't even know about him until yeah, I, met I was going to say, you're conversion. doing a great
2: job at, at promoting him because I've never I didn't really I mm-hmm. again, I, I, I put him together with the with the British accent, but I'd never heard of him until you were put. So you're doing a good job uh, 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 with that. Um, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, like I had said, I've read a, a lot of the stuff that you've posted and it, it sounds to me almost like stoicism uh, applied to debate and campaigning. There's instead of kind of throwing your talking points at people. There's a lot more reflection. You're asking yourself questions. You're asking the, quote unquote, opponent, the person you're talking to, uh, or I guess you probably don't see them as an opponent, but you're you're talking to the other person and asking them questions to get more perspective on on where they Mm -hmm. are. You recognize that with few exceptions, most of us want essentially the same things, even if we have completely different worldviews as to what that looks like. We all want good things, right? Like There are very few people Mm -hmm. who are like, I want people to suffer. And so when we when we come from that perspective of like, OK, I know that my and I do this, which is why I'm saying when we because I mean me, not you, me, when I uh, am talking to people and I'm like, I know, you know, that what I want is, you know, the the, the way that we're going to you know be free. And, and I know what what you know, what the state is doing to people and so forth. And and these fools don't you know. And, and so I, I find myself, you know, having to kind of pull myself back. And, and this is really something like uh, even in the last I say recently, like in the last few weeks, I've had to kind of realize that, okay, yes, our philosophy is good. Yes, they don't get it. Maybe part of the reason they don't get it is because we come at them. First of all, our belief system is so far outside of their Overton window. It's like in yes. another room that, and for those who don't know, the Overton window is is sort of a a, a publicly... Uh, what's considered an acceptable realm of opinion so Mm -hmm. for example if the extremes on uh, on let's say gun control so if um, let's say the most extreme example of of most extreme polls on the the gun control the most extreme would be mine which is everyone should be able to carry whatever they want with zero restrictions whatsoever Um, the other extreme would be no one should be able to carry any weapons ever for any reason, and, and they should be arrested and, and charged to the fullest extent of the law. Those are the extremes. Most people are, are somewhere in, in the middle, and so the quote-unquote Overton window is what is considered acceptable opinion. So if, if someone said anything outside of that window, it's seen as crazy on either side. And so the goal of, of trying to message people on what is essentially, to most people, a radical ideology is to help them move that window closer to where you are to see that what you're actually advocating for is, is reasonable. Um, Right. And so uh, not just reasonable, but that they, you know, maybe will agree with it, but at least that it's reasonable and, and should be, should be considered acceptable opinion. And when we come at them wide-eyed and, you know, use a lot of inside baseball terminology that they don't, you know, we marodes them and they don't even know what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, When we do that as uh, satisfying as it might be in that moment, uh, and as much as we like sharing screenshots of it in our arcane libertarian groups that we're all in, uh, it doesn't really help anything. And it just makes us look, look weirder to those people. And they continue mm-hmm. to vote Democrat, Republican, whatever else, you know. It, so that's sort of, I, I assume that's sort of what, what Robin's saying, right?
3: Yes, that's that's right up right up his alley there. So his shtick and the reason I, I mesh so well with him is because of his messaging. He knows that we can't just go take our ideology, our talking points and beat people over the head with it. Like you were just saying, it doesn't work that way. Um, People don't wanna be approached with logic first. People are emotional creatures. So you have to connect with them emotionally. You have to seek to understand first. You have to understand that person. You have to find the common ground with that person. And then you talk to points that they care about, their heart first. Before you hit them with the logic. That's how you hook them in. We, I mean, we do the opposite. We just want to hit them with logic because we're intellectual creatures right, we're and very
2: philosophy driven, right, right?
3: We are, we are, which is great, but it turns people off. So our approach needs to be examined more closely. Right. And that's what Robin is great at. That's what Larry is great at. That's why I help these people because they know how to connect with people. And they, and I'm not just talking about Us libertarians, you know, they know how to connect with people from all walks of life.
2: Very good stuff, because most walks of life are not libertarian. (laughs) No. It's what is it they say, Um, uh, economically conservative and socially awkward is the, the, you know, (laughs) what what libertarians are. I don't consider myself socially awkward, but I, I will say this. When I talk libertarian philosophy to people, I feel myself, my inner nerd, just spewing all over them. And, and, and then when I hear what they say, it's so far outside of my, what my Overton window is that, you know, it's sort of Mm -hmm. that, that now it's a clash. And, and so I've, I've really had to, uh, to make peace with, for example, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm a very, I I have some very radical beliefs and I I am an ANCAP Mm -hmm. and I'm not an ANCAP, you know, Trump supporter. I'm an actual ANCAP. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and so, you know, when people talk about things like um, public schooling um, the military, the police, things like that. I am, I am slowly, even now coming to terms with the fact that, you know, if I, if I don't meet them where they are in, in talking about it, and if I just throw my, my ideological beliefs and my, you know, philosophical, logical conclusions at them, they're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to get personally offended. And I've accomplished only negative things like they mm-hmm. they're going to now not only are they going to vote however they were going to vote they're going to do it angrily and think of me while they're doing it and exactly. so I'm, I'm not helping things you know i i may be you know may, uh, meeting my my smug self-satisfaction that i'm you know the the purest of the pure libertarians and i that one of the running jokes on the show is you know no one can be 100 right only i am right um and that's you know that's funny to me anyway uh, but, uh, you know, uh, you can't you can't come at an actual, you know, discussion t- talking to people that way, obviously. No. Yeah. So um, now uh, I'm a little embarrassed by this because I as I just said, I pride myself in knowing at least a tiny bit about everything, uh, which is not arrogant at all. Um, but I- I've never actually heard of the Libertarian State Leadership Alliance. Um, so and what is it and and what is your role there?
3: Well um that's a good question because I'm still trying to figure that out myself. We um <laughs> I I was approached at at National Convention um and I was asked to consider taking this role and okay. I uh, I said I'll think about it. I took a couple of days and I said yeah. So Um, my understanding of it right now, we haven't met yet. We just all been too busy to do so. And we are all working on campaigns until November. So we're going to ramp it up once November ends. But my understanding of this is to it, One of the goals, at least one of my goals in my role that I'm going to be doing is facilitating communication between state leadership. So whereas all of the states are kind of isolated right now and they do their own things, they have their own systems. My understanding of this is that I'm going to have uh, the state leaders, the chair, uh, vice chair and whatnot, Talking to each other, um, opening up those lines of communication to talk about what's working in their state, what's working well, what kind of systems they have in place that maybe another state can can utilize um, more successfully, or on the flip side, what's not working well for them and what other states can avoid those kind of pitfalls across
4: the board. Yeah, yeah,
3: okay. yeah. So. I think we, you know, we've got 50 different states doing 50 different things, and I think that if we pull our resources and we communicate a little bit more among the states, that we may be able to get some great ideas and strengthen our state affiliates in the, in the process. So cool. that is one of the goals of LSLA uh, that we're going to be working on, and I believe that's something that's going to be one of my major tasks as the political f- facilitator.
2: Okay, good. Well, I thank you for making me feel a little bit better about not knowing. I feel better that you're, <laughs> yeah, no, you're not 100% sure either. Because um, I, I, I went on the, I found their website and I went to the about us section and it was blank mm-hmm. or the who we are section and it was blank. I think there was one page and it had just like a PDF or the screenshots of the white paper uh, about it. And I was reading through and I thought, you know what, I, I'm going to have her on my show. Let me just, let me just admit that I don't know what I'm talking about and have her, <laughs> have her unpack it a little bit for me. So, um, so I appreciate that, but that that's good. I mean, it's good that I mean, if you if if you are a minarchist or a, or a federalist, the idea of having fifty different organizations try entities trying different things and seeing what works, but part of that means also coordinating with each other to see what works. So if if someone's doing something that works, but no one else knows it, then mm-hmm. you're not getting the full benefit of that. As opposed to yeah. so it's sort of that decentralized, but still still com- communicating almost like a blockchain type of thing where you're communicating with each other and seeing what the best what the best, uh, way moving forward is.
3: Yeah, that's a good analogy.
2: Thank you. Um, I would be remiss to have you on my show and you've already brought up Austin Peterson, but to not mention the the freedom ninjas and, and, and give a shout out to the, uh, to the freedom ninjas, of course.
3: Yeah, they're, they're, they're my original family. Right. Uh, those were the first, friends that i made when i got into this movement and um i'm i'm still really tight with them we go up to austin's dad's farm a couple of times a year we just got back from there and we just we just meet as a as a friend group it's
2: it's it is a family that's awesome yeah
3: so i i've found myself in a strange position of having to defend this lately just because people are still angry that he jumped um from our party to the republican party and how can you be affiliated with that i don't care i don't care he's the reason i'm here everybody in that group is the reason that i'm still here um it's my family they're my friends and i'm very thankful to austin peterson and i'm thankful to his supporters who i am proud to call my friends so
2: yeah, and and here's the thing with that. Like I said, I'm 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 a little agnostic as to whether electoral politics works or not. Anyway, mm-hmm. so and and I'm probably not. Obviously, I'm not one of the people that's upset about about him going Republican. I thought it mm-hmm. as soon as there was even mentioned that he was being courted, I'm like, do it. Of course, you're gonna do it. Why wouldn't you do it? Like if you, mm-hmm. uh, uh, one person who I know you're not a big fan of. So I won't say his name, but he once mentioned that um, he said, you know, even if you don't think there's a chance that you'll that you'll win, run anyway because if nothing else, it can get you earned, you know, media recognition. You're Mm -hmm. you're 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 putting your ideology out there. uh, If nothing else, can get, you know, where you're not having to pay or or you know you you can leverage whatever media you can get, whether it's social media or you know establishment you know terrestrial media or whatever you can get, radio media, TV media, like what you know Larry's doing now. Um, whatever you can get to, to to go out there and 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 get it. So if if one of the major parties is courting you with no pretext that you have to drop any of your actual um your actual beliefs or water down your message, why not do it? Um, mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, I, I I I'm not I'm not a I think the libertarian Libertarian Party is more than likely the best vehicle if there even is one to to achieve what we want. But I also think that there are steps in between there. And I'm not 100% sure, I wouldn't call myself a partisan to to any party. So, But again, I'm not one of the ones attacking you. And I I agree with Mm -hmm. Austin uh, that you go where, you know, what is it? Water finds the path of least resistance. You look for where you can put your message out and and you do so.
3: Yeah, and I'm right there with you with everything that you said. Um, I know there are a lot of people that wish he would have stayed in the party. And I understand their reasoning. But like you said, he had a chance to to grab a bigger platform to spread the ideas of liberty and he didn't he didn't change anything about right, his, change his, his his platform idea. yeah he took the same platform to the r and he espoused all those same talking points right. under the r and i have no problem with that the republican liberty caucus i you know what if that's what it takes to get our ideas to the mainstream Then that's I I think that that's fine for us to do that right now. As a first
2: step, even if that's not the long term goal, even if as a first step that that gets it out there, you know, Ron Paul was a Republican. Mm -hmm. How many of these, you know, uh, you know, probably uh, at least for maybe our generation, uh, the number of people that are in the Libertarian Party where it started with Ron Paul, he was a Republican. He ran as a Libertarian for president in the Mm -hmm. Reagan years, and and. Half the libertarians now may or may not have even been alive when that happened. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, he was a Republican. He ran for the Republican nomination for president. He, he His biggest moments were up on a podium uh, debating with, you know, Rudy Giuliani and um, Duncan Hunter and, and, you know, Mitt Romney and stuff like that. He wouldn't have been mm-hmm. able to do that if he'd been running as a libertarian. He would have been arguing no. with other libertarians.
4: Absolutely. <laughs> like the
2: rest of us do. So I, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, unfortunately, as we know, Austin did not win republican nomination for senate in missouri um mm-hmm. he still did very well considering that uh the gop had already started campaigning for holly all but endorsed him weeks before the primary mm-hmm. um, if you look at the actual vote count uh he got uh, i believe he got nearly as many votes in his primary election uh uh in his primary election for the for the you know for, to get the nomination as the libertarian candidate did in the 2012 senate election in missouri so yeah. You know, it, it put it put it this way: If a libertarian on that same day, so a member of the Libertarian Party, had gotten those kind of numbers, they'd be doing cartwheels right now. They would Absolutely. be like so thrilled that they did that well. And when I look at, you know, because I'm I'm I am a professional. Well, I guess I'm a trolling hobbyist, and so I go on, you know, Josh Hawley stuff, and I just see it's one ladder gif after the next, and one, you know, no thanks, I'm voting for Austin. I don't want a ladder climber, and just. The the freedom ninjas as as when you compare their size to their reach on social media, and when you consider that the future of media is social media, I I was very ho- just seeing that I thought you know even if they lose this, even if he you know gets two thousand votes, uh, all of them freedom ninjas, the, the the what they were able to do, what you guys were able to do messaging wise. Um, it was was phenomenal considering that you know every odd was stacked against you so i i have nothing but mm-hmm. but respect I, There you know austin's a, a minarchist there's obviously a lot of political things i disagree with him on philosophical things mm-hmm. or whatever but in terms of what he's doing uh, you know uh, the, the people that are that are uh, complaining how many votes do they get like you know compared to him like how many, mm-hmm. 50, how many tens of thousands of, of votes did did they get while having a, a major party attacking them while they're trying to do it? So mm-hmm. I have nothing but 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 good things to say about him as as I'm as I'm sure you do as well.
3: Well, he he's he's great at mobilizing an army behind him, yeah. and um, one thing that he was able to do uh, even in this presidential run was get a lot of the youth involved, and I think we need that in our movement. We need more youth, and he was great at that. Um, so, and, and those youth, they're, they're technology savvy. They're social media savvy. So that's why he had such a, uh, an army on social media. That's insane. Yeah, it was. He would post something in, um, one of our groups and say, Hey, check this out. And then three minutes later, the entire thread was filled by ninjas.
2: It was, in, Just, I, I was bing, inspired. Bing, bing. I was inspired. Yeah, it was. So I'm in the freedom ninja group. And, mm-hmm. uh, I helped take part in a, a couple of, of, uh, adding some ladder pictures and stuff to, to some posts. Cause, awesome. cause again, I'm just like, you know what? I mean, a- again, if, if there were someone I were going to, I'm not in Missouri and I'm not a Republican or, and I'm not a, a minarchist, but, uh, a, I, I love a good trolling as much as anyone else and, uh, <laughs> uh, as much as the next guy and B, uh, he wants to go in the same direction I do. Maybe not as far as I do, but in the same mm-hmm. direction and, uh, and C, uh, Holly kind of struck me as the stereotypical smarmy ladder climber uh of of major party politics that uh mm-hmm. that you know I'm I'm sure will be shooting for president in you know 2028 or something so i i you know if i could if if me dropping a couple of uh of uh of, you know uh, troll comments helped with the uh, helped with the, the 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 spread and i mean it obviously hurt him cuz there were people that you know quote unquote normies people that were obviously not freedom ninjas who started saying the same stuff, and it was mm-hmm. like, yeah, okay, well, it it obviously works. So, no, I I, uh, I I thoroughly enjoyed that. I I did not I did not think he was going to win just because of, especially once the actual party pretty much endorsed him. I mean, they they started putting out you know stuff just solely for him. I thought, okay, this is they're they're closing ranks, and the, this is sort of like when they realized you know there wasn't any. Uh, uh, use in fighting Trump anymore and they just sort of closed ranks around him even before it was over it's like yeah. you know once once they do that move then that's what yeah. happens but again it, he got far more reach doing that than he would have as a libertarian candidate so you know what's I'm that so? Mm-hmm. Yeah. so in your I guess you have spare time somehow um, uh, you are in my and I cannot underestimate how I, I cannot understate I'm completely uneducated when it comes to art um, so you take this with as many grains of salt as you can as you can uh, muster. But in in my opinion, for whatever it's worth, you are one of the most talented artists I know of uh, that I've seen. Um, in in my opinion, I I I was trying to look for a word to describe your art because I like to sound uh, uh, fancy. Uh, uh, photorealistic was the best thing I could find. There you uh, go. Uh, photorealism. Your art looks like I'm. So you do a lot of animal art, like iguanas mm-hmm. and dogs and, and and things like that. Yeah. Um, uh, it looks like an actual iguana or a dog or whatever it is that you, that you're you've drawn or are drawing, and like it looks like a you know like an HD photo of it. And even when you get you know more surreal with the coloring or whatever, it just looks like a photo that has been through some filter to make it look like that. And I I I just I am blown away by it. I think it's absolutely amazing. I assume this isn't something you just realized that you had the talent for. Is this something that's you know, kind of a lifelong thing that you've that you've had a passion for?
3: Um. Yeah. I I always knew I had kind of a gift for art, and um, I pursued it all through high school. And I went to uh, I actually I, I was in the international baccalaureate program when I was in high school. And I don't know if many people these days have heard of it or if it's still a thing, but it was for the ultra nerds. Um, It was a program all the all the nerds were in and I was in it and it was taking up too much of my time and I couldn't take art courses and I was really upset about that. So I am an international baccalaureate dropout so Mm -hmm. I could take extra art and and it's, it's okay. I enjoyed my high school a little bit more when I dropped out, but I took extra art classes because I enjoyed it and I knew I had a talent for it. And um, I was in AP art and AP art back then what we did is we put together portfolios uh, of 40 different pieces, multimedia, and we sent those portfolios off to Princeton and Princeton would score our work and send it back to us. And um, I was the only junior in a class full of seniors in high school in this art class. And I was the only one who got a perfect score from Princeton. Um, and my senior year, I got a full ride to Pratt and, and they're in Brooklyn, I believe they're mm-hmm. in New York uh, around the city. So I got a full ride to Pratt and my mom said to me, uh, I, I would really reconsider. She she urged me to reconsider what career I was pursuing because um, and in not so many words, she told me that starting artists are a real thing. Say, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
3: And she, I guess she just didn't want to see me, uh, in that predicament. So I decided to stay close to home, get my teaching degree and I gave up on art. I hadn't done a serious piece since I was about 20 years old. So I had, I had just, I just left alone for a long, long time until all of this hit me. I lost my job and Larry came to me and he's the reason I'm doing this right now. Um, and I thought to myself, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this because I I haven't touched it in so long. I I thought my talent would atrophy, but it's it was still there. Yeah. If um, your my... talent
2: has atrophied, then I'm not sure what what it would have looked like before. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's sort of like when they when they, you compress a photo and it, it loses something, but you, you can't actually tell. So whatever whatever atrophy may have happened, I'd certainly not perceptive uh, It's not perceptible anyway <laughs> to me anyway. There you. Again. Thank I, you. I, I'm just, uh, I remember you, you first shared, you had said, um, you know, I just put my website up for my art. If you want to mm-hmm. check it out, I was like, oh, cool. She does art. And I went to, it and I'm like, holy crap. Like I was, like, <laughs> I, I was uh, I, I was not ready for that. I was, I was absolutely amazed. I'm like, um, cause again, I'm, you know, I go to, I, I, I'm sure if you and I went to an art museum, you're going to have a much different experience than me. I'm going to look at a lot of the, you know, surrealist pieces and, and, you <laughs> know, postmodern stuff. And I'm like, okay, that looks like I could do that. Like, you know, uh, <laughs> my wife uh, took me to a, uh, actually I took my wife to an art museum nearby and there was a, there was some kind of uh, surrealist thing there. And it was, it was interesting to look at, but it was essentially um, acrylic that had been thrown about on, on, a, on, a, on a canvas. And I'm like, and you know, it was the artist is trying to convey whatever. I'm like, okay, great. That's, that's great. To me anyway, and, and, and for, what, for whatever my, my normie opinion is worth when it comes to art, I look at something that you've done and i'm like holy crap like i just, I just i'm blown away by it so I, I there's i can uh there's only so much i i i can i can i can only say so much in terms of what my 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 opinion has in terms of value but i, I certainly like it
3: i appreciate that and for for anybody who may watch this i i just I want to say a genuine heartfelt thank you to the people who have helped me um, keep this business going, who are coming to me and giving me their trust to make pieces for them. Um, It's it's helping me survive. This is I'm still a college professor for biology. Um, part time. But the art is the bulk of my income now. And most of it is coming from people within the Libertarian Party who have been my support system. That's
4: awesome, That's And awesome.
3: then, yeah, I don't even advertise. I'll, I'll just put something out there that I drew and say, yeah, here's a picture of my latest thing. And people are in my DMs asking for things. So it's That's been so cool it's been so easy. It's, it's amazing. I'm just waiting for the rug to be pulled out from under me because it's been so easy so far. And I'm, I, I'm still a little, little uneasy about it. Um, because I'm thinking, okay, this is sustaining me right now. I don't know if this this is going to continue to happen this way. I need to find another job just as a backup. So it's it's still I'm still a little bit nervous about doing it mostly
2: full time. But I I just this want... is your first foray into having your own small business, though, right? It is. It yeah, is. So I, I started a business in uh, 1998, web design business when I was 16, and mm-hmm. I had the when it started actually like I was like, oh wow, I'm actually making money, and I can you know I don't have to do something else i can i don't have to live with my parents anymore that type of stuff <laughs> you know a couple of years later i had that same feeling like uh okay what's gonna give and and the thing is i mean the rug already was pulled out from under you right so i mean this, yes this is this is that you know restoration after that and i i'm glad to know that i can also thank larry for uh getting you know pulling you into inspiring you and and letting you know that you can do it and, and 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 coaching you along to do that i think that that's awesome my my opinion of larry has gone up quite a bit in this conversation just by by knowing that and how he personally helped you i think larry's a very cool magnetic guy i haven't really uh, uh, interacted with him personally um i know that there's some you know ideological stuff we disagree with but that's true of almost every non crazy person uh, in me but um uh but i uh so so i definitely it's good it's good to uh it's good to know that um that that he was involved in that and uh we'll we'll uh, w- uh you can give me the link later and i'll put it in the show notes so people can go and check out your 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 art um the uh your uh i i definitely have to bring him up and i, I believe he's going to be my guest next week your significant other mm-hmm. um I, or i guess you're the significant i, I always uh, <laughs> you're the significant Your are slightly less significant other uh joshua smith does he go by joshua or josh
4: um
3: joshua is his preferred name okay um,
2: but people call him josh all the time too. well that's the thing so i started when i was writing stuff i'm like josh and i'm like you know what it's joshua everywhere so let me mm-hmm. just uh i'll make sure that that so uh joshua is the uh, recently elected at-large representative for the uh, libertarian national committee um mm-hmm. i will assume that you were at least part of his his campaign when he was going for mm-hmm. leadership with the lnc so congratulations on that thank you um, now with Joshua's position in the LNC, uh, what would you like to see and I guess what would Joshua like to see happen in the Libertarian Party moving forward? What, what is his vision for that?
3: Um, two two major points that come to mind, and these are points that he ran his campaign off of, and he's he's developing right now, candidate support. So we are working with the Mises Caucus uh, to help candidates out, and we've had a couple of executive calls in this past week to talk about the infrastructure for that. But our main priority is to a um, get our seated uh, our seated representatives. Re-elected, like Brandon Finney, Caleb Dyer, and whatnot, uh, and really push the campaigns of other people. So we are building out a committee that is going to focus solely on that, um, our candidate support, and that's just getting their names out there, doing social media for them, fundraising, everything that the candidates really need right. from us. Um, so that's that's going to be one of his big pushes that he's working on, and also our marketing. Uh, marketing for the party now this is this is something i can't talk about talk about this a lot right now because okay. it's still kind of a hush hush thing but we're working with robin kerner on a are we
2: getting exclusive news on my fellow Americans?
3: um a little, a little bit okay. I'm, I'm trying not to divulge at all because um it's it, it's still kind of a behind the scenes thing Stay tuned, that, everyone yeah We are going to be presenting at the next LNC meeting at Phoenix in September, but um, we are proposing a rebranding of the Libertarian Party. And I have already put out some of the images that Robin Kerner came up with. He and I have been working together to um, get a feel on how this this new look, this new marketing approach is resonating with the people in our party. And so far we've gotten a lot of great feedback on it. Um, so look for some some image changes here so in the liber- in the future. Libertarian
2: Party rebranding by one of my favorite artists.
3: Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep, like and this that. is and this is the brainchild of Robin Kerner. Um, so we yeah we've been working behind the scenes to put this together, and okay. he's going to be talking at the LMC meeting, and then we'll we'll see. Where it goes from there but it, it looks really amazing so far and the feedback, feedback that we've gotten has been 99 um,
2: positive that's so awesome. that's awesome yeah um i know another thing with that uh that all three of us agree with actually um is that there is this uh how do i put this there's a troubling element within the libertarian party um and i'm gonna because i try to be at least somewhat educational on the show a lot of, a lot of my People that watch this are not actually libertarian. So I, I back up sometimes when I'm doing some inside baseball stuff. The the term libertarianism or libertarian was originally termed by so-called libertarian socialists. Mm. Um, but the history of the actual libertarian party, the, the American libertarian party, is based entirely on... Uh, in fact, it actually says it in, in you know founding structural documents or whatever, laissez-faire capitalism, mm-hmm. private property rights, proprietarianism, sort of the, yes. the opposite of, of socialism, mm-hmm. um, even libertarian socialism, where everyone voluntarily gives up all their stuff for some reason mm-hmm. um but uh so uh, there's a rift because the the i guess libertarian socialists say well we're the original libertarians to which i love to say yeah but you abandoned it and we homesteaded it and are you claiming it as your property um but um all uh, anyway all that to say that um so uh, one thing i've noticed with, with joshua is that this is a private property party and yes and that's what the the purpose of it is and more importantly than than in at least in my mind anyway than defining what a prop what a, what you know what the purpose of a party a specific party is um is that uh, we as libertarians believe that private property and respect for the rights and private properties of other is the best system moving forward for us to be able to compete with one another for scarce resources without you know killing each other and mm-hmm. that, that it's it is that system of voluntary interaction based on within the, the structure of a, of a private property system that we're able to not just be able to, to compete and to thrive, but actually create, you know, post scarcity where there isn't scarcity anymore. I mean, you look at where we are now, it's, it's because of voluntary interactions, that we are neither of us is worried about starving to death. Mm-hmm. Um, um, we're sitting here on, you know, fancy devices that didn't exist 10 years ago, at least not for our income bracket, And we're able to live stream to the entire world who they themselves on any device can pick it up and and watch it in in, with a, you know, four or five second delay. All of that is because of, for lack of a better word, capitalism. Mm -hmm. And so if we as you know, if if the the purpose of the of the libertarianism is to replace uh, the state driven, you know, uh, command economy, it's we're replacing it with a market economy with with private property. Mm-hmm. I could go on for the, and, and do go on for this for several hours, which is why my wife has me doing this to you guys instead of her um, <laughs> but um uh, so she, she thanks everyone including including risa for for tolerating all of this but um so i but I've noticed that Joshua's really been pushing hard to not purge people but the ideology and say if you're here, this is what our goal is yes. and, and so you know i I respect that he's doing that.
3: Yeah. And uh, you, like you said, it's not it's not a purge. And some people are interpreting it that way, that right. it's a purge. That's not Party it's re are. yeah, it's reaffirming our basic principles. Right. Right. That's all it is. That's all this resolution was. It's reaffirming our basic principles and saying, this is what we believe in. You don't fit here. You're a square peg and we're a round hole. You don't fit here. It goes against everything. Our basic principles. Tenets, are basic principles that we believe in. It goes against all of that. And then some people were making the uh, making the argument that, well, what if they want to start a commune and they want to be socialist that way? Okay, that's great. If they want to do that, let them do that as long as they're not forcing other people to do that with them. But that's not what they're espousing. No, it isn't. It isn't. And it is that, not. That's also
2: not socialism. That's voluntary communalism. That's Correct. Like a, that's like the kibbutzes in Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, socialism is not... In order to have a voluntary commune and respect that others aren't doing it, you have to respect private property rights. Correct. Or at least tolerate them. Even if you don't respect them, you at least have to tolerate that others do respect them and be willing to not, you know, engage in, you know, actions of of force to try to change Mm -hmm. that. That's not communism. That's not socialism. Socialism and communism. and, And, you know, people always say... Well, real communism has never been tried, and that's technically true because anytime you try to get masses of people to give up everything they have, force it into a collective, give everything that they have, and take out only what they absolutely need, the only way that you can enforce anything that even resembles that slightly is through massive state socialism. Yes. Uh, there is no libertarian socialism. You can have that as an ideology just like I can have an ideology where our system is going to be funded by you know cold fusion from everyone snapping their fingers. I can say that. And Mm -hmm. that's a legitimate ideology because I just made it up, but there's the reality of, can that happen? No, snapping your fingers is not going to create enough energy for us to live off of. Uh, and just like, you're not going to, because of our, 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 as human beings, our, uh, perceived self, self self-interested nature. Um, you have to have a system that works on the fact that we're all looking for our own enlightened self-interest or, or, uh, you know, people say greed, but ultimately it's, it's, we are operating based on protecting ourselves And then those who are closest to us. And if you have a system that says, no, none of that matters. We're all a collective. You're not a, you know, your personhood really isn't that, doesn't matter at all. And uh, you're really just a cog in a machine. A, that's not anything that resembles libertarianism to me. And B, Mm -hmm. it doesn't work. It, no, it doesn't. always leads to famine. It always leads to mass killings. And, and, and the, the degree to which it happens and how quickly it happens is only to how much is, is directly correlated to how strongly they try to do it. The reason Venezuela, everyone isn't already starving to death is because it was more incremental how they moved towards mm-hmm. socialism. There wasn't mm-hmm. a violent revolution like in Russia where they immediately started, you know, starving to death. So, um you know, again, I could go, I'm sure we can agree with each other for hours, but I'm glad to see that this is happening.
3: Yeah. And like I said, these are, these are people who are advocating violent collectivism. And these are people who don't understand history, or if they do understand history, they're espousing violent collectivism with with disregard to history and the consequences of this kind of system. So to have these people, even though, Everybody says it's a minority; it's only a few people. But to have these people have a voice in our party, I don't think that's acceptable. I don't. And we had we had somebody like that on the debate stage for the chair position in who, our party, who, which I
2: thought was an embarrassment. Who, inv- who admitted pretty much right because I again massive nerd. Me, um, uh, I would have been there except for health reasons. Uh, I can't wait until my health stabilizes and I can be at more of these types of things because I, I, I live for it vicariously through the internet. Um, and I thank capitalism for that, incidentally. Um, mm-hmm. but uh, watching that debate, I think in the first question, you know, why do you think you should. And he was like, "I don't, I don't think anyone should vote for me, or something like that." And he was essentially up there, pretty much to torpedo Joshua, right? Like that's not, exactly that why he, that yeah. he was up there. He was up there to just bash Joshua. And that's I'm like, the
3: only reason he was there to to attack Joshua. That's it. It like I said, it was an embarrassment. We didn't get a serious debate out of it because we had a circus up on stage, and yeah. then we had we had that um, oh, uh, that other guy up there we didn't expect, but he uh, you know,
2: Christopher or something. Uh, Thrasher. Thrasher, Thrasher yeah. yeah, yeah, Christopher Thrasher. Yeah, yeah I appreciated yeah. his one question uh, where he turned to, uh, I think Matt, right? Matt, C- Cun- Cun- and said, "Why yeah. are you here?" And and I appreciate that, but you know, I, I, I yeah, he was kind of a last minute thing. I, I don't, I, I, did a little bit of research about him when he first came up, and I was like, he ran, he ran someone's campaign in Alaska or something like that. So I, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know a lot about him, but um, yeah, I mean, again, like you said, it's not purging people; it's saying these ideas are incompatible. Correct. I mean, in the same way that, for a minute there, uh, it looked like the alt right was trying to really put a, a, a foothold, and and I don't even like using the term alt right because it's mm-hmm. it's sort of an umbrella term. Mm-hmm. You had essentially Nazis, like I mean, you know, the, you know, f- people with a a a, a, a you know anarcho fascist, if that's even a thing, ideology that were saying, okay, well, the the Libertarian Party is our home, and it's like, no, nah, it's it really isn't because. Uh, you know, you're going past just having a preference for your race uh, and saying, I'd rather you're, you really want to use some kind of force. You you don't have to call it the state if you don't want to, but some kind of force to enforce that on other people. That also is not libertarianism. Um, no. And thankfully it seems like the commies scared them away because it seems like fascists can tolerate being anywhere unless there's communists. Uh, but uh, uh, so uh, I guess I can sympathize with them on that, but um, uh you know, it, it's an, it's important to say that communism is not libertarianism. It's not. It's not, no. at least it's not our version of libertarianism. They have every right to call it that. But this isn't what the party is about. And 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 we know that this isn't. This doesn't lead to libertarianism. Collectivism, especially violent collectivism, does not lead to libertarianism. It is mm-hmm. not a co-op. It is, it is people being forced, uh, you know, you can call it a, a revolutionary people's committee if that makes you feel better than calling it a state, but it's still a an entity that has imposed a, a violent monopoly of force and is forcing everyone into the same thing. And that is the opposite of what, you know, people, we're not voting libertarian to replace the state with something worse.
3: No, it's, it's, it's completely antithetical to our principles, the socialists, the communists, they do not belong with us. And I think the reason that we have this element in our party is because we are still a small pond, and they can be a big fish, and they can mouth off. Yeah, Yeah, and they're loud, and they're going to be heard. And that's a problem. Um, And that's why we need to, that goes back to why we need to grow this party, why we need to market this party better. Because We we just we need a bigger. I'm not saying a bigger tent necessarily, because that can be taken the wrong way. But we we need a bigger party. We need um, more people in the party who who espouse the same beliefs as us. And so we don't have these these loud mouthed elements who don't belong having a voice. I mean, to have one on stage for the chair debate. That's that's embarrassing. We shouldn't have had that happen because
2: the threshold is so low, like it didn't take yes. a lot of support needed to get support mm-hmm. because it's a smaller party. And the thing is, obviously, and again, I mean, I'm I'm almost I'm there are probably some more radical people than me, but I don't know. I don't know, uh, I don't know how, how well they function in life, but I, I'm pretty radical. But obviously, you need a Big Ten in a in a, a system based on democracy, mm-hmm. based on a, a voting electoral system, uh, having. Even six percent of of the of the people is not enough I mean, in, in unless you had thirty different parties to spread it out on if you're trying to make mm-hmm. it as a legitimate third or even fourth party uh you've got to have a bigger tent. you have to bring more mm-hmm. people in and that, that I guess that was really what what kind of struck a a, a tone with, with, struck a nerve with me uh mm-hmm. is that okay great i'm pure i'm the purest libertarian to ever libertarian wonderful if it's just me. I am guaranteed to lose if 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 there's ever any idea of and and even if we look away from uh you know the electoral end of it just having people on my side um you're not going to achieve libertarianism uh, uh, by everyone hating you <laughs> or, 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 thinking you're weird or crazy.
3: No. And that goes, that goes back to why I'm here. The messaging, we need to get right. our messaging more on point point. and w- our problem. I see a lot of people, they, they want to latch on to the things that we disagree with, with somebody. And like Larry says, we need to employ the 80, 20 rule. If they're 80% with us, latch on to those commonalities. Right. If we really want them to go along with more of our ideology, make friends with them first find your commonalities bond over that bring them in that way and then you guys can civilly discuss that 20 percent that you don't you disagree on but our problem is that we nitpick and we look for those points those small points that we disagree with somebody on and we browbeat them to the point that they don't want to be around us anymore
2: like very hard yeah and it's sort of one of those because it's so small, it's almost in some ways like like a dysfunctional family. And it's mm-hmm. sort of like, you know, you, you resent, uh, what is it, familiarity breeds contempt. You hate who you who you know, know closest. When someone mm-hmm. is so close to you, and this happens to me, when someone is so close to me ideologically, and then there's something we disagree on, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, you know, it's like, I thought we were a team, you know? like So I, I get why that happens. Uh, but like, for example, you know, my wife, is a Canadian liberal. And so we don't agree on
3: much of anything, anything
2: politically, <laughs> politically. We actually, I, I, you'd be surprised. And it's because we're married that we've seen that we actually do have common ground. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, when she says something that is very statist, I don't go, Oh my gosh, I can't believe you believe that. I know she believes that. And, and her, her window is in, in, in that room and my is over here and that's okay. We're, you know, we have a, we have a house and we can have different windows, but, um, when it's someone that's close to me, and then I hear that they disagree with me on even the like you said, even the smallest thing, like the insignificant, you know, type of thing, and it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you disagree with me. So I see why it happens, but in a larger party, in a party mm-hmm. that is actually winning elections, a that doesn't matter as much, and b, no. you've got so many people that it, it doesn't get two people arguing about something. I'm sure that there are are very large click issues and inside politics issues in the Republican party that we never even hear of because Mm -hmm. there's millions of people in it. So, so I I really applaud what it is you and and, and Robin and Joshua and and the freedom ninjas and anyone doing that, that if, if we're going to do this, if we're actually going to look at a, 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 you know, if we're not going to, you know, just opt out of the state, if we're going to actually try to, to do something on an electoral level to at least stop the growth and, and maybe reduce it, um and if not actually achieve our goals to do as much as we can it's going to involve having other people not think we're weird and uh (laughs) uh, and and not just weird but like off-puttingly weird not weird in Mm -hmm. a in a people think i'm weird but they you know so far it's been a charming weird most of the time Mm -hmm. um you know off-putting and 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 scary and and whatever and that's been something that i um i'm still making like i said i'm still making peace with because i i tend to uh I tend to be extreme, but I, I, if we're going to talk to people, we have to talk to them where they are and, uh, and not uh, just scream marodes at them over and over again.
3: Yes. And I, we, we need to get off of social media and stop (laughs) arguing (laughs) philosophical minutiae and get out there and get involved locally or get involved with our state and actually do something because while it's fun to have philosophical arguments and tear each other's heads off online, it's not doing a damn thing for the movement at all.
2: Are you saying we're not going to get free through arguing in these obscure, uh, closed secret groups on Facebook with 200 members and like screaming at each other?
3: Yeah, I don't see that happening.
2: <laughs> it's bound to work eventually, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. That's funny because I feel very convicted in the things you're saying, but but in a funny way because it's true. And and um. when I hear someone say it aloud, I'm like, oh no, that's what I do. And uh, um, but you're right. I mean, we have to go out and, and actually interact with other human beings, uh, yeah. and you know, in a, and not in a resentful way, uh, uh, and do that. Because again, if we so the interesting thing is if we agree that if we believe that you know, if we believe our ideals that you know the best way to uh to have a, you know, have freedom and have a system is to unleash the human potential and, and remove the shackles of the state from the humankind and whatever. But then we go out to humankind and we're like, disgusting. I can't stand these people. You know, like what, do we really believe our ideals or do we think these people are scum and we just want to, you know, talk about philosophy with, with other people that we also argue with all the time and and how, Mm -hmm. how successful is that going to be? So I want to read, I read this on the last episode. I want to read it again just because I love it so much. This resolution against socialism in the Libertarian Party, and the last I checked, I guess there's still a vote on it um, until midnight. Yeah, yeah, and so you know we don't know if it's going to pass yet, but it, 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 at the very least, it's starting a conversation about whether this type of thing is 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 welcome or not. And so I read it just because I like it. Uh, going back to where you said we should meet people where they are, I'm gonna I'm gonna read stuff that I like instead. Um, but uh, so here's the resolution. Therefore, be it resolved that socialist and communist property ownership schemes including the collectivization of property unlawful usurpation of property and incorrect characterizations of private property unless otherwise voluntarily agreed by all parties are incompatible with the philosophy of the libertarian party i cannot articulate how much i like that sentence and for those who may have glazed over while i read it it basically means that um the idea of forcing people to give up everything they have and put it into some collective that's managed by people that just threaten them with a you know with with violence uh, is a bad thing, and that we don't like it.
3: And it, it, it's sad that this has to be a thing
2: to, be <laughs> to
3: begin with. Right. (laughs) But I think that we need to take a stand, a hard stand against this element. And that's the purpose of this resolution. And to me, it's a little bit alarming that it may not pass. Right. I thought this was kind of a no-brainer, but people are nitpicking over the language and the wording and whatnot, um, and there there are a couple other reasons. But right. the overall purpose of it is to reaffirm our basic principles and private property and whatnot. Um, so I just I am I'm, I'm really surprised that it's meeting with so much um, negativity.
2: The, the thing I'll say, and I, and I I agree, I was surprised as well. Um, what I've seen people, I mean, obviously they're the socialists who are against it because they do support. Communist property ownership schemes, but the the ones who uh, most of the people that I've seen who are against it, it's it's pragmatism, practical or what they believe to be pragmatism and practical reasons. It's it's not mm-hmm. they'll say, yes, I'm against these things. But, you know, are can we risk, uh, you know, making the party smaller by kicking these people out? And I'm thinking, OK, but why would you want them in? Like if if they're against this being on the docket and if the fact that we're against the highest level of authoritarianism, telling people they can't own stuff, including themselves. If if that is bad, like if, if that's bad to them, wh- why would we want them? It would be like if we had a mm-hmm. resolution that said, you know, be it resolved that we're against genocide because genocide's bad. Uh, mm-hmm. And people go, well, you know, there are some genocide, libertarian, anarcho-genocidalists who we might lose. Like, well, you know... <laughs> <laughs> why does like why does this need to be said? A, well, a why does this need to be said, and b why would we want them want them there to begin with? So, but but I, I will say if this fails, uh, I don't I don't think it's because the majority of people support socialism or or less no. than the whatever I guess three quarter threshold needed to pass it support socialism. It's 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 a fear of of offending people or not growing the party. But that's also a problem, and I, so I'm I'm glad to see that there are people that are saying, hey, look, libertarianism actual libertarianism that's going to actually work and and it and is demonstrated to work and I, i'm going to try not to go off on a rant because i feel it coming uh i feel an egoist <laughs> rant coming any minute now and I'm, I'm trying to rein it in trying to rein it in meet people where they are mass persuasion um but it, it, if you're going to the only way that you're going to have a system that 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 works the only way you're, you're going to allow people to work is allow people to work within their their perceived self-interest and if you if you try to, to to force them to do things it fails and and it's mm-hmm. never worked and even the system we have now which is in many ways a, a top-down controlled economy the reason it does well at all is because the state allows some market economics in it mm-hmm. and the more market economics they allow the better we do yep the lower the taxes are the better we do the less regulations are the better we do not just here there's nothing unique about here What's unique is that we're one of the biggest countries that allows a decent amount of market economics. In China, mm-hmm. which is still an incredibly re- repressive uh, post-communist regime, whenever they liberalize the economy at all, they do better. Uh, and it, and it just it, it amazes me that we're even still having this argument. Which is, I guess, why we need people like Robin instead of me uh, uh, to 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 you know come up with 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 ways to to uh, meet people that are, that are stuck in this in this rut, but. Um, we're not going to have, you know, th- this. This is libertarianism happens by everyone respecting each other's boundaries. Yes, it doesn't come by us. Uh, Matt, the the other host on, on Muddy Waters Media, and I have a running joke that um, communists are slightly worse than wild hogs um, because even though they're both violent squatters, um, wild hogs uh, care for their children and and also have tusks, which is pretty awesome. Um, and and uh, uh, the, the the point of all that is that um in order to have a respect for someone's humanity you have to respect their self ownership right mm-hmm. i have to respect that you own yourself you own your life and you own your body well if you own your body and you use the labor of your body and combine it with resources that you've that you've accumulated and turn those into into commodities and 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 you use you use your ability. You use your, your art. You use your your knowledge. You use you know whatever you, you use to to accumulate things to, for, in compensation for, for, for basically for your labor. Who am I not to respect that? And if you okay. if you accumulate enough that you're able to purchase attractive a land, uh, a, a piece of land or or you know and, and build a house on it, who am I to say that you can't exchange the use of that property for rent? Um, uh, who am i to say that you can't that you can't um uh you know when you pass away you can't bequeath that to someone that you care about uh or well, someone you don't care about whoever you want to who am i to yeah, say that that's, that i can, you can't do that
3: yeah and that's the problem anything that you acquire via trade labor capital what have you right. legitimately is yours and the these these libs socialists are um, they're arguing that any land that you're not using, any property that you're not actively using shouldn't belong to you. Yeah, if you
2: can't, well, carry, sorry. It, if you can't carry it around, then you shouldn't be able to, which is ableist, I'm, by the way. That's kind of ableist because not everyone yeah. can carry a lot. So uh,
3: <laughs> I'm sorry, but if I worked my ass off and I bought some land that I'm just letting sit there, it's mine. Nobody's entitled to it. I worked for it. Or it's if, that or,
2: simple. Or if you inherited it from someone who worked for it. Or if mm-hmm. you inherited it from someone who inherited it from someone who inherited it from someone who worked for it. Someone worked for it. Someone mm-hmm. did something for it. And it doesn't require the state to respect that. They say that it requires the state. It, it requires no, it the ability to use force. And mm-hmm. if you decentralize that force, there's no reason that you can't still have private property. Mm-hmm. You can't. But... but if you decentralize that force, there's not a shot in hell you're going to have collectivism. So mm-hmm. you tell me it, it requires, the, they say, oh, well, it it, it takes the state uh, to have private property because we have private property in the state. I breathe air in the state. Does that mean that this the state is required for me to breathe air? I, I learned how to write under the state. Does that mean that I, I need the state to learn how to write? I can tell you what requires the state or what the People's Revolutionary uh, 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 Syndicate Committee or whatever they want to call it. It's a state. It's an it's a violent monopolistic entity. I'll tell you what requires that, and that's telling every single person they don't own anything on themselves or anything else, and that you know everything belongs to this collective, and we're gonna kill you and take it if you don't go with that. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what your definition of libertarianism, but that that's not mine. But that's not it. Yeah, that that ain't it. It's <laughs> not mine anyway. I, and like I said, I can I can literally, and I've got the strength. I'm in a recliner. I can do this for like 15 hours and just scream about socialism. Um, so I'm not gonna do that. Um, I'm glad that I'm I'm really appreciative and grateful for what you and Joshua and, and Austin and and uh, the Freedom Ninjas and people like you are doing, uh, not just within the Libertarian Party or the Liberty Caucus or, or, or you know, any of these different groups, but just as individuals and, and in these voluntary groups to spread the message of of liberty and of freedom that, that it doesn't have to be this way. We can have roads without being robbed for it. We can we can have these things without it. Uh, you guys are doing way better than I am. Uh, I hope to uh, to maybe one day uh, be uh, a little bit better at, at messaging, and I and I appreciate everything you guys are doing.
3: Thank you so much.
2: Um, before I let you go, because you have been absolutely amazing, and I, I really appreciate your time with me today. Um, thank you so much for joining the show.
3: Of course. Thank you for having
2: me. Um, before I let you go, any final thoughts that you have? Obviously, this is your chance to plug anything you want to plug, anything else that we didn't cover that you want to say. You have the floor, and I I, I leave you with it.
3: I guess my final thoughts are just reaffirming what uh, some of the points that I've touched on throughout this this cast uh get offline unless that's your job like mine is social media get offline a little bit go help out locally go door knock go you know get involved with your local affiliate get get involved with your state affiliate if you're not a sociable person that's fine help Spread some posts like Larry Sharp, man. We've gotten a lot of our reach from people just sharing posts, sharing posts, getting that name recognition. You can do some of this from home. If you're a social media person and that's your preference to sit behind a keyboard, you love doing that. Take a break, go to your favorite candidate, share their posts out, say a kind word about the candidate. I mean, just little things like that. You don't have to give your money necessarily. You don't have to invest a lot of time. You can take about five minutes and do your parts. You know, go back to your philosophical arguing by later, all means. Later,
2: when everyone else is asleep, when normal people are asleep, you can go back to arguing with others. Of people. course.
3: Okay. Of course. And I'm not saying, you know, stop doing that. And we can do both. You know, if we enjoy, we enjoy our philosoph- philosophical debates. Great. Do both. But help out. Help us make some real steps in the real world with our movement. That's what we need desperately Volunteer for something. I don't care. Just do one little thing, no matter what your time commitment is or your money commitment is. Anybody who's broke and has a tight schedule can do something. It's as little as sharing posts. Just, just get involved somehow. We need video. all the help that we can get in this movement. So please, please help us do that.
2: Good, good, good stuff. Thank you so much, Risa. Uh, stick around. I'm going to talk to you a little bit during the outro. Um, but thank you again. And folks, before I let you go, I need to remind you again uh, of the uh, My Fellow Americans and Muddied Waters Media. Uh, and by the way, Risa is not endorsing this and has no idea what I'm about to say. So don't put this on Risa. Uh, we are continuing with our hashtag campaign, hashtag Matandis, uh, which is where we are trying to get Candace Owens uh, to go on a date with Matt. Um, and uh, um, uh, frankly, uh, and I, I'm going to add some more hashtags, um, because the reality is that uh, when Candace went to that thing and the, uh, the Antifa people... Jumped all over and screamed "f white supremacy" at her, which was not ironic at all. Um, Charlie Kirk just stood there, and 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 Candace can do better than that, in my opinion, totally unbiased. Um, so, uh, Candace, if you're watching, I'm sure you are, uh, or if uh, a close personal friend of Candace, uh, which also I'm sure is happening, is watching this, uh, please share with her the hashtag #Matandis. Um, this is not catcalling, by the way, um, but uh, 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 so the hashtag #Matandis M A T T A N d-a-c-e um but guys again thank you so much for joining us thank you risa for joining us and on behalf of myself and risa and my fellow americans and muddy waters media thank you again for joining us and we will see you next week
1: Um,